Network presents Football Time. Hey, welcome to the Football Time Show. It's NFL Week 4, and we're here to get in on the actions. We got to find some picks in this one. I know I had a little bit more difficulty this week uh, on these lines, so uh, we'll see if we can find some picks. And with us, as always, to get into this week's action is our man, Achilles Rain. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey. All right, we're going to go through our 50-on-5 mutuals first. We're going to get through all these games. We're going to preview them. We're going to find five mutual picks that we agree on for the week, and then we'll get into our overall best bets of the week. So you ready to get into our mutual picks this week? I mean, about as ready as you can be, I guess. Yeah, uh, this should be an interesting uh way to come up with five here because uh i i struggled to come up with five uh standalone bets on my own i did manage to get around six uh but i can't say i love any of these with a whole lot of confidence last week i had one with confidence in the rams where i, I pretty much knew i was throwing my money somewhere uh this week i don't know if i'm throwing my money anywhere it, it might be very light well i mean as i you know as you know i sent you a text earlier on uh, I was looking at the games, looking at the lines, and there were a couple, like literally a couple of them that, you know, I had a gut feeling about, and everything else was just kind of like up in the air. Uh, I kind of set it all in my maybe column, and I figured that talking to you, maybe it'll uh, push me over the edge and uh, be able to take some more. Yeah, I, I think a little bit of it as well as we're getting into a little bit more division play here. Uh, so I, I think we're both a little bit more uh, hesitant to take a favorite in division play, uh, especially one, you know, that's a little bit bigger. And then uh, a, a couple of the, it, I guess it just so happened, the uh, non-division matchups are uh, a little bit lopsided and they go, they tend to go to that higher spread sort of uh, way and, uh, you know how I feel about that. So I, I definitely back off, but uh, we'll see if we can find five here. All right, let's kick it off with the Washington football team versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are one and a half point home dogs here. 47 and a half points is the under. The first half sits at uh, uh, I pick them pretty much a half point uh, for the Washington football team. And the over under in the first half sits at 23 and a half. The only thing I delved deep into this and found out, uh, both these teams are really bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to convince myself and be like, I'm going to find arguments for why we should take the Falcons at home plus one and a half. And uh, I couldn't find many reasons to do that. And then I was like, okay, Washington football team, let's find some reasons to take them as road favorites. And uh, I, I could not find many reasons for that too. So uh, this one really has me flummoxed. I, I will say I leaned a little bit more towards the Washington side of things in this game. I, I do think if the defense is going to get going, it's probably going to be more versus a low-level team like this who has a little bit trouble blocking, has an older quarterback back there who's uh, been prone to getting sacked a lot. Uh, but, you know, their defense has been so, so poor this year. It, it's hard to say, oh, they're going to be right there on top. There's been a little bit of sniping in the press between uh, defensive coordinators and people on the defensive line. Uh, 
I, I just really don't have a good feel of where this game's going to go and how it's even going to play out. Uh, is it going to be a shootout kind of game where Washington tries to score a lot of points on Atlanta and Atlanta comes back on uh, Washington? Or is it going to be a defensive battle with two pretty much uh, really poor offenses, which is what we've seen all season long? So what is your feel on this game, if you have any? I, you know, I have a slight feel here, and I'm – kind of on the opposite side of you. I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Atlanta. Now, as you mentioned, when you look at both of these teams, as I was starting to actually look at stats, because uh, this is normally the time of year that I actually start to, you know, gamble. Uh, and I started looking at certain stats. Now, I kept it very simple for this week. But as I'm looking at you're right, both of these teams are actually pretty bad. Um, so when it came down to it, I, I really had to decide what's going to be the biggest factor. And for me, it's going to be health. Um, unfortunately, even though I believe that healthy, uh, Washington is probably a better football team right now I, because of injuries, because of the, uh, the expectations that we set on this team that they're not quite meeting both, uh, both teams. I just think that Atlanta has a slight edge. Uh, and even when looking at the overall rankings, they're just slightly ahead. I know that it's early on, you know, we're just entering week four now in the, uh, the season, but I think that at this point, we're starting to at least get a feel for either these guys are real bottom dwellers or they're at least the best of the worst. And I think we're starting to get a feel for those teams right now. And for this particular matchup, I'm leaning a little more towards Atlanta. Yeah, uh, the money's coming in really, really heavy on Washington. Almost 80% of the uh, cash is being placed on Washington. The tickets are about a 60-40 split here. Uh, so that really makes me hesitant to want to take Washington, uh, along with the uh, weirdness of them being favored on the road. I, I think if you were flipping this line and it was Washington that was given the uh, one and a half, I'd be a little bit more aggressive on the Washington side of things, but I, I just don't like them coming in favored. You sort of look at the uh, like uh, uh, numbers overall here. Uh, overall on Football Outsiders, the DVOA of the two teams, Atlanta's 32, uh, which uh, is the last. <laughs> there are 32 teams in the league. They are ranked 32 by Football Outsiders. Washington, not that much better at 23. Uh, you really get into it here on the offenses and defensive side of things. Atlanta's offense is 32. Washington's is 29. Washington's defense is 20. Atlanta's 30. So, I mean, basically that's just telling me these are two bad teams matching up here. And uh, I, I just, I, I can't give you a, I feel like this game's going to go this way. This team's going to do this in this game. Cause I don't even really know what either of these teams are about, you know, preseason, I figured Washington would be about defense. Nothing we've seen this year has said they're about defense. Uh, we know they aren't about offense, and Atlanta has not shown any offense or defense this year. So, I mean, I, I think this is probably just a pass sort of game unless you really uh, have some sense of how this game's going to play out. I don't think it makes sense to take any action on this uh, particular matchup, you know, seeing as how – even though neither of us really have a good feel for this, uh, if you had to lean anywhere, you said you'd lean more towards Washington. And if I had to lean anywhere, I think I'd lean more towards, you know, uh, Atlanta. Um, and just looking at these numbers, I mean, on offense, overall offense, Washington's 22nd, Atlanta's 28. Overall defense, Washington's 31st, and Atlanta's at 19. Um, so, I mean, just even looking at the basic stats, it just 
it seems like it's a recipe for an ugly game. Uh, so as far as mutuals are concerned, I think this is one that we just uh, stay away from. Yeah, the only thing I, I, I had that tipped a little bit in my favor is the uh, the sort of red zone uh, comparison here. Uh, Atlanta in the red zone is 23rd, uh, where Washington's defense is fourth in the red zone. Uh, Washington's offense is actually third in the red zone overall. Uh, the, it doesn't mean they get there all that offense. It just yes. means when they get there, they are successful. Uh, but then Atlanta's defense is 32nd. So I, I figured both these teams probably move the ball pretty easy on each other between the 20s. And maybe that sort of slides to at, at a Washington's favor here because uh, they have been a little bit better uh, when they've gotten into scoring ter territory on offense and uh, a little bit better on defense. Uh, but uh, that's not really something you need to start basing your lines off of when two bad teams clash, how they uh, uh, do in the red zone. Yeah, clash of the Titans. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll move past the uh, Washington football team and uh, we'll move to the biggest line of the week. And uh, they don't usually throw these out until about weeks 10, 11, 12. So uh, the Texans have done something really special here. But uh, the Houston Texans go to the Buffalo Bills. The spread is 17 and a half. The, spread, the total is 47. First half line minus 10. Uh, total in the first half is 24. It, I mean, I, I know who's going to win this game. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. Uh, I know they will probably score a whole hell of a lot of points. Um, you know, there is a part of me that wants to sort of ride the Texans here at that 17 and a half. Uh, but this, you, you know, what gives me hesitancy is this Buffalo team isn't one of those teams you really want to play uh, big spreads with. Uh, you know, they won by 35 points two weeks ago versus Miami. They won by 24 points last week. It, it's just, I, I'm assuming that's why this line is so big to begin with. But uh, what are your feelings on the Houston Texans Buffalo Bills here? I mean, I just think that we have a huge discrepancy when it comes to the talent uh, for both of these teams. And it's unfortunate, especially the way Houston started off the season. They look like they're going to be the big surprise of the year. Uh, unfortunately, they're dealing with injuries and, you know, even some some inside the locker room drama. But, uh, you know, all that aside, uh, realistically, Buffalo is just a much better team. Um, and I know that they had a little bit of a slump early on to start the season, but it seems like they really picked it up since then and they've really found their mojo. Um, as good as I thought Houston was playing when I look at the numbers, I, I mean, Again, they're ranked in the lower half of the uh, of the leagues, both on offense and defense. So this is not a game that I feel comfortable just because it's a huge spread. And I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo covered here easily, but um, I just don't feel comfortable taking that big of a spread. Yeah, that, that's what gives me concern about taking Houston is uh, I, I just don't think their defense is probably good enough uh, to at least keep themselves in this game, you know, long enough to cover this sort of 17 and a half points. And then on the back end uh, where you get that cover is a backdoor type cover where, you know, Buffalo has already pulled its guys, which I'm assuming they probably d will do in the third, you know, fourth quarter in this game. And then maybe you get some cheap touchdowns, but the way the Buffalo pass rush has been this year uh, with Davis Mills in there, I just don't know if there's a way to get that back to or cover on that 17 and a half point number. Uh, you know, the one thing I did look about 
on this a little bit is that 10 in the first half for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that's really, really a lot of points in the first half. Uh, you know, you pretty much need a score, at least your first possession to try to cover that. But, uh, you know, I, I do think they could probably blow this game away. But, uh, you know, that might be something we look at, but it's not something I'm in love with. You know, I look at that also, but then I go back to just the basic stats again. Uh, Buffalo's ranked number fourth overall in defense, uh, while uh, the Texans are 25th overall on offense. Um, that sort of mix, especially with injuries and all everything that's going on, to me, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. I could completely see where Buffalo scores an early touchdown here. And then, you know, Houston's trying to answer. They come back and they get a turnover, pick six or fumble and just, you know, give a short field. So there's just too many bad scenarios for, for me to really feel comfortable with even uh, uh, halftime spread like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to our next game. This one has me a little bit more intrigued here, uh, but uh, I don't know how many times I've done it in my lifetime. So uh, it should be interesting. Detroit Lions go to the Chicago Bears. The Bears are favored by three points here. Uh, the over-under sits at uh, 42 points. The first half is a minus two and a half for the Bears, and the uh, line sits at the total of 21 points in the first half uh, for the Bears-Lions game. Uh, this one's really, really interesting here. I think at the start of the season, we probably would have penciled the Bears pretty easy here on a minus three sort of line. Uh, but, uh, you know, I I've watched both these teams play, and I, I think this Lions team plays a little bit better than their talent uh, is. They really do try hard. So I, I lean a little bit Detroit here. I, I will say a couple things concern me. Uh, you know, this Chicago defense is really good along the defensive line and in the linebackers. You can get at them mostly in the secondary. Uh, but the problem is Detroit is really not that type of team. They've really hurt team with the short passing game with DeAndre Swift and stuff coming out the backfield. I'm not sure they can really hurt uh the Bears in their weakness in the passing game here. Uh, so that gives me a little bit of concern, uh, taking the Lions here, getting three points. Also, uh, taking Detroit uh, on the road uh, pretty much always concerns me and has concerned me uh, pretty much my whole life. Uh, so even on a number where I think they will play better, it, it, I don't know if the talent is better. I, I think the talent's still better on the Chicago Bears. Uh, so it's really hard for me to gauge in this game. So uh, what do you make of this game? You know, this is one of the games that I actually had a gut feeling about. Um, and it's basically, it's based literally just off the eyeball test. Um, when I was looking at the numbers, numbers basically just can just tell me that it's going to be a low scoring affair uh, between a middle of the pack offense versus a, you know, middle of the pack defense and then a very bad offense versus a very bad defense. So, what I had to, when I was looking at this game, just, I don't know, I, I have a feeling like Detroit has played a little bit tougher competition and they've played them a little harder. Uh, when I look at Chicago, their offense is ranked um, 32nd. They're last in the NFL right now on a total offense. And I know a lot of that has to do because of uh, last week where Justin Fields came in and basically got completely destroyed. Um, so I didn't put too much you know weight on that particular stat, but just watching the games, I feel like Detroit plays a little bit tougher uh, and they're getting three points. I, I, this is one of the games, like I said, I had a gut feeling about. I, I'm actually going to go with Detroit on this one. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I do really like Detroit, the plus three. The other thing, uh, you know, uh, the Chicago Bears are being cagey with their quarterback situation here, uh, whatever the hell that means. Uh, you know, Nagy came out and said both quarterbacks participated limit, li limited in practice. So I don't know what totally that means. Uh, if field starts, I'm much more confident in this Detroit line than if Andy Dalton starts. If Andy Dalton starts this game, it makes me really, really nervous. And the Bears are probably a better team. This is a, you know, this is a game the Bears win. This is how the Bears end up eight and eight, you know, nine and eight, and uh, get that wild card spot in the playoffs. They don't beat any good teams, uh, but they do beat the bad teams here. So, you know, it's one I want the Lions, but it's one I want the Lions if Fields is starting. It's not necessarily one I want if uh, Andy Dalton is starting this game. Yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and pencil it in right now. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions with, you know, could the contingency that uh, Justin Fields is playing. Otherwise, I'm probably not taking any action. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll mark the Lions down as our first mutual of the week since we both – really felt it and then uh if the red rocket comes in and punishes us or just life for taking the uh detroit lions in a road game outdoors uh, punishes <laughs> us, uh we will know and uh we understand the risk here all right next one up really uh really entertaining game here uh Pretty important game uh, to sort of see where these two teams really set here. Uh, the Carolina Panthers go to the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites in this one. Uh, 51 and a half is the over under total. The first half total is minus three uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And the total sits at uh, 24 and a half in this game. Really, really interested in this game to see how this breaks down. You have Carolina who right now is pretty much rated across the board in pretty much everybody's category as the best defense in the NFL right now. Uh, they do lose Christian McCaffrey. The Cowboys coming off uh, maybe their best played game in, I don't know, two, three, four years uh, with the game they played versus the Eagles. Uh, the defense looked uh, serviceable, I will say, and the offense seemed to find that balance uh, that they have not had in the past where they've been either too run heavy or too pass heavy. Uh, so interesting game here, but I will say I'm leaning a little bit towards Carolina getting that four and a half point game. This one just sort of speaks of a last second field goal game to me. Yeah, I, you know, when I was looking at this particular game, you know, I, I kind of had an inkling that I was going to lean towards Carolina. Um, and that was just based off the rankings I was looking at. Currently, as you mentioned, they're ranked number one in total defense. Um, but that also is a little skewed. You know, you have to also pay attention to the teams they've played. They really haven't played uh, really potent offensive teams. So it's hard to take that number one ranking, you know, very seriously. So then I look at the other side of, of the ball on offense, and they're ranked 10th on offense, Carolina is, on total offense. And it looks pretty impressive. But again, then you mentioned the fact that they lose McCaffrey. Uh, so even though I was feeling kind of positive about Carolina, I look at the way this uh, Cowboys team has been playing as of late. You know, they have some playmakers on defense in that secondary. They have some good pass rushers. Uh, their linebackers seem to be getting after the quarterback. They're making enough plays to keep their team in the game. And offensively, they're clicking on all cylinders. They're top, um, top five on offense uh, in the league. So I see why they're favored. You know, I do think this Carolina team is probably better than, you know, we've given them credit so far. 
even though they've played pretty poor teams. But, you know, the injuries are, are they hurt a little bit. Uh, actually, they hurt a lot. Uh, so I, I'm not too sure. I was kind of hoping that you were going to sell me on this particular game just because, like I said, uh, when I was looking at it originally, I was leaning towards Caroline a little bit. Yeah, that's that's about the best I could say. The injuries do concern me a little bit, uh, and actually more so the uh, J.C. Horn injury for the Carolina. Uh, he was really good rookie corner. He was playing really good football. Uh, now they did make a trade for uh, the Jaguars' first-round pick corner uh, from two years ago. Uh, he probably will get some time here. Uh, granted, uh, the Jaguars traded him because he was not very good and was not playing for them. So, you know, but uh, maybe that was a situation thing. He finds his uh, sort of legs here. Uh, but the J.C. Horn uh, concerns me a little bit for Carolina's defense, uh, more so than the uh, – Carolina offense and missing Christian McCaffrey. I, I know that sounds weird, but uh, really uh, this coaching staff has been without Christian McCaffrey pretty much all of last season. And, uh, you know, now they will be without him this season. So I, I think they know how to work around it. it it's a big piece missing, but I, I think they can find their way there, uh, especially with the skill positions uh, they have on the outside with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And then, uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard and Royce Freeman uh, sort of uh, mesh into a very, very, very poor version of Christian McCaffrey there. Uh, Royce Freeman, a really good running back receiver, so you probably can get some catches out of him. Uh, we'll see if Chuba Hubbard can uh, be, be able to run the ball. You know, uh, it, it wasn't so much that I, I thought Carolina was better. I really think these two teams are about uh, right in the same area of level of uh, teams here. I, I just think the spread at four and a half is a little bit bloated. I, I really feel like this is just one of those close games. Uh, you know it's going to come down to the end and whether Dallas makes poor decisions at the end or if Carolina has the ball at the end. I, I just think this is a three-point game going one way or the other. Someone's going to be there to kick a field goal at the end. I mean, if you feel that way, like I said, I came into this uh, into the show kind of having a, an inkling about Carolina. Uh, if that's how you feel, I mean, I don't know if you want to lock it down. All right. We'll lock down the Carolina Panthers. That gives us two in our mutuals. All right. Uh, I will say of ones I had highlighted, it's a long way down the list for the rest. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick uh, question before you move on. What do you, how do you feel about that 51 and a half point uh, over under? You know, that's, I, I just don't know. Uh, Dallas has been going surprisingly under and unders have been really, really hot uh, so far this year. Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I would lean a little under on this one, but I, I just sort of want to see how this Carolina defense does versus an offense of this level. And uh, I, I sort of want to see how the Dallas uh uh, offense does against Carolina. If they're able to force turnovers, uh, which is what I'm a little bit scared of, uh, then that gives Carolina points. And then we get, you know, in and around that uh, over under. So I, I just didn't have a good feel on it one way or the other. Uh, I thought that 51 and a half was sort of middling. It, it doesn't hit into that low area and it doesn't hit into that high area. It's in the sort of area where uh, we have no clue. And we know you have no clue. Uh, so we're going to make it very tough to bet on it one way or the other. What was your feel on that one? I don't know. I mean, I was looking at just a complete total. And I'm, I thought that if Carolina's defense can play the way that they've been playing against 
the opposition. Maybe they slow down this Dallas team enough to where, you know, we have kind of like a 17, 14, 21, 24 type of game. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, you, you'd have to have both offenses kind of clicking on all cylinders and, you know, the defense is kind of allowing them to basically take the, you know, take down the field. Um, I, I think it's kind of high personally, but it's just, again, a gut feeling I had. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I, I would lean more towards the under sort of side of things on that one, but uh, I, I just was, I, I think I was more scared of turnovers from both sides. Um, you know, uh, this will be Sam Darnold's first game, really, without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, do we start getting, you know, Sam Darnold turnovers? And then uh, this is probably the best defense that the Cowboys have gone up against uh, so far uh, this year. Do we start getting some, uh, you know, Cowboys sloppy play in that one, too? So that's why I sort of just glossed over the over-under, because uh, I just didn't have a real good feel on it. All right, we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts first, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by two. Over-under sits at 42 points. First half is a pick em for the Dolphins at .5, and the uh, total sits at 21 in the first half. Uh, this one, I just have question marks galore on it. Uh, about the only thing I can say is, you know, it, it – I don't, I, I keep saying it, but Indianapolis is sort of a good team that is now <laughs> sitting at 0 uh, 3 on the year. Uh, do we believe they will go 0 4? Uh, but, you know, I, we mentioned it in our preview about the tough, tough schedule that the Indianapolis Colts were going to have to start the year. And, like, it, it was very fathomable that they could start the year 0 5, 0 6. And then the schedule sort of eases up. But, uh, you know, Miami's just a weird, weird team here. Uh, they were spunky in that game versus Las Vegas. Uh, I, I was thinking maybe uh, them back home, uh, playing a poor Indianapolis team on the road. Uh, I sort of like the way Bursett started to come together there. I, I sort of leaned a little bit Miami in this minus two here, uh, especially with the injuries on the offensive line to the Indianapolis Colts but I was not real bullish on this. I, I was curious your feeling on this one. Uh, when I was looking at this game, I went back to the opponents that each team has played and they both have played some pretty potent offensive teams. I, I think that Indianapolis has played the more, more potent uh, schedule so far. Uh, and as you mentioned, they actually have a tougher schedule coming up ahead. I, I think that at this point right now, where both teams stand with injuries and all that, I think that right now the Colts are slightly better than Miami. And, and just the fact that Miami is favored in this one, I know they're at home, but I, I kind of like the Colts. I know that you said you're leaning towards Miami, but just looking at the basic stats where they stand offensively and defensively, I think the Colts are slightly better right now as it stands. Yeah. The only thing I, I would give the uh, check mark here is the uh, position unit. I know that has the, uh, best sort of advantage here is the Miami defense. I, I look at the uh, Miami offense and Colt offense. I, I think it's pretty similar. Uh, you know, I, I think the Colts uh, defense has been a little bit leaky this year. I do trust that Miami defense. I trust them down there in Miami in that heat. And uh, this will also be Indianapolis's second row game in a row. So I think they'll struggle a little bit there, but I was not bullish on this game. I did not really want to bet on Miami 
because I don't really know where they stand right now. And I have no real feel on Indianapolis because uh, Wentz is just a wild card. He's playing with two sprained ankles. He's uh, not being real aggressive with the ball. The Colts receivers have been out. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth there. They haven't found a way to get Jonathan Taylor going. They have injuries along that offensive line. So I, I was mostly a stay away with this game. Other than that uh, 42 number, uh, I, I just uh, I probably would lean a little bit over on that. But, uh, you know, even that, it scares me a little bit there, too. I mean, these are two teams that are ranked in the bottom half of the league on total offense. Um, so, uh, again, make of that what you want. I know it's early on. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, the Colts are slightly better than the Dolphins are, even though the Dolphins have probably, at least to the eyeball test, looked a little better defensively. The Colts actually rank a little bit better on overall defense. So that's the only reason why I was leaning a little more towards the Colts. Um, but again, this is to me, this is just in my maybe column. Yeah, I, I think that's probably where this sits. It's not a game really uh, to be not majored on. I, I just think there's too many injuries in this game to sort of get a good feel uh, on this game. All right, uh, we'll move on to our next matchup. The Cleveland Browns go to the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are one and a half point underdogs in this one. 51 is the total in this one. The first half sits at uh, pick them a half point towards the Minnesota Vikings at uh, 25 and a half is the first half total in here. Uh, this one, I, I, I didn't end up making a pick on it, uh, mostly because uh, I think uh, I probably have a heart attack if I actually went with what I feel here. I like the Vikings here in this game. Um, I'm liking the way that offense is humming right now. Uh, do I love the defense? No, uh, but it seemed to have gotten a little bit better uh, each passing week. Um, maybe the Cincinnati Bengals are not the worst team in the world. They are now three and one. Uh, that record is a little bit uh, lopsided. I think when they start, uh, you know, playing a couple more up echelon teams, they might fall back to earth a little bit, but uh, maybe that Vikings loss there is not too bad. You look at it, they should have won that game versus Arizona. They had a really nice win uh, last week versus Seattle. Cleveland, I, I'm still not sold on 100%. Uh, you know, uh, yes, last week they dominated uh, the game versus the Chicago Bears, uh, but that was a limp noodle game. Uh, that was first a coaching staff that's incompetent uh, versus a quarterback who probably should not have been in the game. Uh, so I, I sort of write off that Bears game, and I look at what I've seen from the Cleveland Browns in those two games before that, and I don't know if I trust this defense. I look at the Minnesota Vikings, and I look at them being able to get the ball deep down the field in, in this situation and really uh, tear up that Cleveland secondary here you know I see where you're coming from and, and it makes a lot of sense um, but I'm actually going to go the other way here I'm actually this is one of the games that I felt really comfortable about I, I like I like the Cleveland Browns in this one I feel like they're a more complete team you know yes you look at Minnesota and they've been explosive on offense even with without Cook in the last game which is you know arguably their best player on that team they still managed to move the ball around and they've been competitive in every game and it's solely based on the fact that their offense has been very explosive this season. Now, with that being said, I think that the Cleveland defense is good enough to slow them down. Um, they have a really good pass rush. They have guys in the secondary that can make some plays. 
And that offense has actually been humming. They're top five on both offense and defense overall. Um, and the fact that Minnesota is also, you know, ranked pretty high on offense, give me a little bit of a pause. But when I looked at their defensive rankings, they have no defense. You know, we think about Minnesota, this Minnesota team, and we think about the defense they had a few seasons ago, and it probably, you know, lingers in the back of your mind a little bit, but that defense is bad. And you're going up against a team that's been playing really good on offense. To me, this has the recipe to be in an upset. So uh, not an upset, but uh, a whooping, basically. So this is one of the games that I felt comfortable about. I'm actually going to give the Cleveland Browns some love, and I'm going to roll the Cleveland Browns here. All right, so you're on Cleveland. I am not quite on Minnesota, so we're at odds this one. Uh, you know, the Delvin Cook question remains. He, he's been limited in practice this week. He says he's going to play, uh, so that plays a little bit more of a part. I want to see if Dalvin is healthy and playing in this game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I see where you're coming from, the Cleveland defense, but I, I think a little bit of that uh, got bloated because last week, uh, basically, they held the team to zero net yards, uh, <laughs> which pretty much helps your average everywhere you're going. Uh, you know, I, I don't think their defense is bad, but I do think it's more of a middle-of-the-pack defense and what we saw in the game versus the Texans and game versus the Chiefs the previous two weeks. And uh, you're correct. Minnesota's defense is terrible. It's been terrible uh, you know, all season long. It probably will continue to be terrible this week. I, I'm just curious if the uh, Cleveland offense, once again, they'll be limited at the wide receiver uh, position here. Uh, I do think Odell Beckham will play, but uh, uh, he's not even a functional receiver really anymore, uh, other than he has a cool name and uh, people seem to uh, like collecting his, uh, you know, uh, cards, uh, but he's no longer a good receiver. <laughs> do you have one of his cards? No, I do not have one of his cards. I have not been a huge Odell Beckham Jr. fan uh, really ever. I, I thought he's been a little bit overrated. He made a one-handed catch and then we all freak out. And uh, I wanted to say pretty much every receiver that's playing in professional football and uh Probably 90% of the ones playing in college football all can make one-handed catches. Uh, it's not that impressive. Listen, I will say this. Odell Beckham was a waiver wire pickup for me that season when he had that one-handed catch. So uh, maybe as have a little uh, you know, hidden love for him and the Cleveland Browns deep down inside. But I, I kind of like the Browns, like I said earlier. Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit towards the Vikings here. Uh, so we'll wipe that one off the mat and uh, we'll move on to our next game, though that one should be a, I'm really interested to watch that game. That'll definitely be a prime viewing game to watch uh, Cleveland and Minnesota this week. So uh, good entertaining game to watch. We'll see which one of us uh, comes out on the uh, side of that one. Next up, uh, the New York Giants go to the New Orleans Saints. Saints are seven and a half point favorites here. Uh, the total sits at a low 41. Uh, first half is minus four and a half for the Saints and the total sits at 21 in the first half here. You know, this was one of those where I didn't like either side at any point. Uh, I, I think it will take a whole lot to get me to be on the Giants side pretty much the rest of the season. They're in that little black book that says do not bet uh, on pretty much all season long unless something magically changes. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's becoming one of those things where I, I sort of like the Saints as underdogs. I don't know if I like them as favorites a whole lot. Uh, even in New Orleans, this will be officially 
in New Orleans. It's not going to be in uh, Tampa or wherever else they play. It will be uh, their first home game of the season. So I think that's a little bit why this line is boosted up a little bit higher than I think it should be. I I think this thing should probably be around five and a half points, uh, but it is seven and a half. And that's where I get off because I just have not seen enough from the New Orleans Saints offense uh, to feel confident and sell you that uh, the Saints are coming or seven and a half point spread uh, versus really anybody, even somebody as poor as the Giants right now. Now, I will come out on the, and say this on the record, okay? The Giants are not as good as I've been claiming that they are. <laughs> now, I still have love for the Giants, but I'm going to hide it deep, deep, deep down a site where it can't fester into me making bets. Well, I think they've lost you money three weeks in a row. I don't count those first three weeks, so whatever. I'm writing those off. But, yeah, you're right. I, I liked nothing about this game either. I, th- I thought the line was completely overblown. Uh, I don't see where, where it's coming from. The Saints have a really good defense. They're ranked uh, sixth in overall defense, while their offense is ranked 31st. Um, I don't know how you can explain that. I, I, from what I saw, I know they had one bad game that I think is bad enough to put them all the way down to 31st overall in offense. Um, that being said, the, the uh, Giants are kind of middle of the pack, lower tier middle of the pack, uh, both offense and defense. Um, but even then, they've cost me three weeks, like you said, so I can't find a way to take uh, either team here. Yeah, I, I think if I could get a good feel on what the Saints offense is going to do, I, I think I'd be a little bit more uh, aggressive towards the Saints. I don't know if I'd be aggressive towards this seven and a half number, but I just don't have a good feel about the Saints. And I feel it'll be a lot of co- cl- sort of close to the vest. If they hap- if they get up in this game, I think they'll just try to run this down in this game. Uh, you know, rush the passer hard uh, versus the Giants, which they've been doing really well all season long. I think this is going to be a game of coaching pedigree. I, I think that it's going to come down to the coaching schemes. And I think New Orleans does have the better coach here, but seven and a half points, even at home, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know which uh, Saints offense is going to show up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, until I see Saquon Barkley really uh, sort of find his rhythm, uh, I, I just can't really – lean towards the Giants in any which way. And I have thought that Giants defense, uh, you know, last year it was a little bit spunky. It's sort of what won them some games. It's probably what brought you in and really sort of liked them. And, and they really haven't been uh, very sharp to start the year. Uh, maybe that starts to come around. Uh, but uh, right now, I, I don't even think that defense on the Giants can be trusted uh, too much uh, from what we've seen this year. So, you know, this is sort of a non-play, uh, you know, the unders have been hitting all over the place, so I think they've adjusted these numbers a little bit. 41 is a really, really, really low number, uh, but uh, I don't know if I'm quite feeling as aggressive to really jump on and over in a Giants-Saints game uh, from what I've seen so far this year. I was wondering if you maybe had a lean towards that or uh, you just stay away from that because you have no clue what's coming out of either side of these offenses. Yeah. I, that's exactly what it is, is if I knew which type of offense we're going to get from the Saints, I might have felt a little more comfortable taking either an over and under. But just not knowing what we're getting from the Saints offense. Uh, I know what we're going to get from the Saints defense, but I don't know what we're going to get from the offense. And as I stated earlier, the Giants are middle of the pack. They could surprise you either way. They can score or they can get scored on. And I just don't feel comfortable about it either way. So I'm just, just a complete stay away. 
I, I would like to know what the – I probably should have looked it up how many times uh, Sean Payton has been 41-point total over-under and uh, what <laughs> how many times it's gone under that number. Uh, maybe I'll have that for winning daily on a Saturday, Sunday to yeah, uh, try, see what that – get, get those next-gen stats. I, yeah. I, I doubt there's very many. I just uh, I saw that when I was typing it out, and I was like, "Wow, that's really low for a Saints game." But then you start calculating their head, and it's like, "Well, uh, the Saints are not those Saints anymore. The Saints are a defensive team who uh, tries to keep Jameis from throwing the ball as much as they can." <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to our next game. The Tennessee Titans go to the New York Jets. The Tennessee Titans are seven-point road favorites here. Uh, total sits at 44-and-a-half. First half sits at four um, at for the Tennessee Titans, and the uh, total sits at 23 here. Uh, you know, first glance, I wanted to take the Titans, uh, but, you know, I, I think we saw it a little bit uh, yesterday uh, with Trevor Lawrence. When these uh, rookie quarterbacks finally get to face a defense that is not uh, the most stranglehold stringent thing, they start to play a little bit better. Uh, so that's what has me a little bit concerned in this game. Uh, maybe Zach Wilson, yes, his weapons aren't there, uh, but finds a little bit of a rhythm here uh, versus a defense that uh, has been really poor to start the year. And uh, not only that, you know, uh, you look at these Titan game, and other than that second half versus the Seattle Seahawks, uh, their offense has not really been humming all that much either. Now, that second half versus the Seahawks was really, really nice. Uh, but last week versus the Colts, it, it, there were a lot of turnovers. They couldn't find really get Henry going in a good, good way. Uh, you know, they sort of just scrapped their claw their way to a win in that one. Uh, you know, the first game of the season versus Arizona, they were awful. And then that first half for Seattle, they were awful. So really, if you look at it so far this year, the Titans have played uh, one really good half of offense and uh, sort of found their way to get wins in that. Uh, so I'm not real huge on taking seven-point favorites on the roads, even if it is versus a awful, awful Jets team. I, I will say this Jets team's defense has been uh, a pretty stingy as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's exactly – at first glance, when I looked at this game, I was like, oh, easy, seven points, Titans versus the Jets. Like, this is an easy win. But I started diving more into it. You know, the Titans' offense seems more explosive to us when they're running their offense through Tannehill, when he's kind of slinging the ball out there, getting into his big wide receivers. They look like a very explosive offense. Um, they currently sit, you know, like at the bottom half of the, of the uh, league – I believe they're 15th overall in offense, 15th overall on defense. Um, surprisingly, they're 15th overall on defense. That's the biggest surprise to me. Uh, they haven't looked good, but they also haven't, you know, been super bad. They haven't been nowhere near as bad as they were last season. Um, and they've played some pretty good offenses also. So I think things are looking up for that defense. And the reason that offense doesn't look as good as we're used to is because it's become a lot more balanced. Uh, you see Derrick Henry's currently leading the league and rushing as we speak. Um, and I think that's good for this team. You want to conserve that. That's the type of team you want to have. You want to slow things down. You want to get your defense some rest because your defense is not that good and the death isn't all that there. So you want to make sure that they get enough rest. So as much as I think that Tennessee is going to win this game and I could totally see them winning by multiple touchdowns, I just don't feel comfortable enough to say I don't that, that the Jets offense doesn't finally get going. I, I don't feel confident enough 
to put you know some money on it. So even though I I think it's an easy win for the Titans, I'm I'm gonna stay away from it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this is uh, uh, the health status of both AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Uh, you know we're recording on this on Friday. We don't know if those guys are fully fit and ready to go uh, for their Sunday game. So uh, you know uh, if those two are out, uh, that that starts to drop a little bit on the receiver depth there. So I'm just to stay away in this game. You know, overall, I had a brief, uh, you know, look-see at that uh, over on both the 44-and-a-half and the 23 in the first half. I probably 44-and-a-half is way too much uh, from what we've seen from this Jets defense so far, or Jets offense so offense. far. <laughs> uh, but uh, 23, maybe, in that uh, first half. Uh, you know, if the Jets can get a, a score there, I do think Tennessee can get in and around uh, probably 17 points there. So that sort of piqued my interest that first half uh, over 23. Yeah, I personally just think that they're too high. Um, and just, just based off the Jets' offense, their defense, I believe, is good enough to slow the ten, you know Tennessee Titans down on a few drives here and there. But I just don't trust that offense. So yeah. uh, to me, it's just too high. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, you know, uh, I came in with hope that the uh, Chiefs would not get a bloated line uh, for once in my life. And, uh, well, it, it just seems that uh, we might never be able to take the Chiefs again in a bed with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Um, anyway, uh, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites going to Philadelphia the total sits at uh, 54 and a half in this one. Uh, I I'm curious what you made of uh, this line here. Uh, you know, the Eagles have looked bad really two weeks in a row. So this might be a, a get right game for Kansas City. Uh, but uh, with their defense, I, I just I can't take a, a seven point road favorite here, uh, no matter from what I've seen from Philadelphia, especially last week, uh, playing a similar team in the Dallas Cowboys to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you right now, I'm surprised that Vegas didn't blow it even more. Um, I expected it to be kind of like a nine and a half point spread. And that's simply because of the fact that uh, currently, as we speak, Kansas City has one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, their biggest issue and their Achilles heel so far this season has been that defense. That defense currently ranks 30th in the NFL overall defense. Um, and they're going up against a Philadelphia team that has shown sparks here and there. Last week, they didn't look all too good. They came alive in that second half, but they really didn't start off at all. Uh, they you know, threw that big interception to start off the game, and it really kind of uh, slowed that offense down. But on defense, you know, Philadelphia's been doing a lot of what we've talked about, which is basically get after the quarterback and try your best to not expose that secondary, which is uh, probably their weakest area on that defense. Um, but with that being said, you know, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand why they blow these lines. You look at this roster and it's just, you know, completely stacked with superstars. So, uh, I just think, I don't know, to me, this game, when I was looking at it, the only thing that probably interested me was the, uh, the over under, I felt like it was a tad bit high, especially if, uh, you know, that Eagles defense can slow down that Kansas City offense, which is where I expect the majority of the points to come from. Yeah, the, the thing that concerned me uh, really is uh, Kansas City's rush defense has been uh, brutal this year. And, uh, you know, I, I do think uh, with Jalen Hurts back there, uh, you know, it, it's not a like-for-like like comparison with Lamar Jackson, but Jalen Hurts, uh, similarly, uh, they put him in, you know, those uh, – 
run pass option formulas, get him out on the outside and get him to run a handful of times. The Kansas City Chiefs seem to struggle stopping that. Uh, so I worry a little bit that maybe this Eagles offense uh, can get going a little bit uh, based on being able to get chunk plays in the run game with Hertz and Miles Sanders. And then maybe they're able to get a handful of, uh, you know, play action deep passes off that uh, as the secondary for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, creep up. And uh, on the other side of things, I think Kansas City probably uh, lights them up pretty easy to what they want to do. So I do think Kansas City probably can get to that 30-point mark. Uh, it, it's sort of where you think uh, Philadelphia can get to. And I thought they could probably get to 24 in this game. So I was just sort of in the uh, stay-away zone in this one on both sides of uh, the over-under total. I, I thought it was sort of in and around right where I thought that uh, score would go. And then uh, just minus seven on the road. I, I don't want to do that. And I, I think I mentioned this that every week uh the kansas city chiefs are now <laughs> one 13 and one uh since november of last year against the spread so uh anyone who's been betting on the chiefs uh is not winning a lot of money that's worse than you betting on the giants uh, of late yes that's done with already that's ancient history all right, uh, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, this one, I, I'm interested to get your feel and take on this one because uh, I had an interesting feel and take. I didn't end up uh, highlighting it for anything. Arizona Cardinals go to the Los Angeles Rams. It's a four-point spread uh, for the Rams here, 54 and a half points. Um, is the total on this one. Uh, the first half sits at three and a half. Uh, the First half total sits at 26 and a half in this. You know, uh, I, I think this is an interesting game. Uh, I probably should stay away from it necessarily, uh, especially it involving Arizona, who just seems to play wacky and crazy games here. But, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, how we think this uh, Rams run defense has been a little bit soft to start the year. Uh, but this is where I factor that once again, much like I factored it last week into the Tampa Bay thing. I don't know if Arizona is capable of hurting them on the run too much. Uh, so I, I think the Rams have an advantage here. I think that Arizona defense has seemed to got worse week to week. Uh, you know, anyone who watched that game versus Jacksonville last week, they were losing 19-14 until they got a pick on a flea flicker right before there. I think the coaching matchup in this one is a little bit lopsided. So I did sort of like this uh, four number here, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it always gives me pause with this Arizona team because there's no telling what you're going to get, and you're no telling what you're going to get if they get behind late. They might just start winging the ball over, over and uh, sort of close this and backdoor you. I'm curious how you feel about this game. You know, um, I'll just let you know right now, I'm not taking any action on this game, even though I do see a few, you know, situations where there could be some payoffs here and there. I'm not taking any action on it. Just being a Ram fan, I think this is a very important game. This is basically for the lead in the division. I know it's early in the season, but both teams are starting off pretty hot. Both of them are 3-0, and um, and they have different builds. The Rams have an explosive offense, but they're more traditional, whereas in the uh, the Cardinals have an explosive offense, but they're more new school, you know, kind of these sidearm throws and these, you know, scramble and, and you know, trying to get one of those uh, breakaway plays. Even with all that being said, divisional opponents always gives me pause. Uh, I feel like they always play each other tough, and you're talking about two of the better teams in the league right now. I could definitely see a scenario where 
you know, the Rams blow them out. Like you said, you know, they have a similar type of situation as the Buccaneers where they don't have such strong, strong uh, run game, which benefits the Rams because then they can really focus on those wide receivers. And you have, a, you know, star cornerback in Jalen Ramsey that can, you pretty much move him around the field um, throughout the game and he can make plays for you. But I will say this, if I wasn't a Ram fan and I wasn't so interested in this game, if I was literally just going to go ahead and bet, I could totally see this being a field goal game and I would not be opposed to taking, you know, the plus four with Arizona here. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I feel like this Rams team uh, can get this game. I, I think they'll, I, I don't think they'll have a letdown from last week. I, I think they'll run, run this up and, and sort of show that they're uh, the dominant team in the NFL right now. That doesn't mean much in uh, week four because uh, nobody really cares who the dominant team is in week four. Uh, they care more about who the dominant team is in week 22 of the uh, season here. I, I will say, you know, I, I noticed the uh, ticket split on this. 56% of the tickets are coming in on Arizona. 60% of the money is coming in on the Rams. So, uh, you know, theoretically that tells you that the sharp betters sort of like the Rams here. I'm leaning that way, but uh, we'll stay away this week. I talked you into the Rams last week. I'm not quite as bullish on it uh, this week uh, to be uh, as I was last week. So we'll uh, flip past the Ram game. Really another good, interesting game to uh, watch to see how uh, Arizona, I think more so, comes out and plays this game because I, I think a lot of people, not just us, think they're a little bit fraudulent. And if they can come in and play the Rams tough, we'll know they at least can compete uh, on that level. Yeah, definitely. All right. We'll go to the other division game in here. Another good one here. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks go to the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, three-point favorites, 51 and a half points is the over under on this one. The first half sits at one and a half for San Francisco, 24 and a half uh, for the first half uh, in that game as the total uh, really interesting game here. The Seahawks have really, really played bad. It, it, it's probably a question. Do you think the Seahawks will lose three games in a row? I know they're on the back-to-back -back road uh, situation here going to Minnesota, now going to uh, Santa Barbara here to play San Francisco. Um, China Clarita. Yeah. Uh, what how I said Santa Barbara. Uh, let, they might be in the wrong place. <laughs> same state. Same Barbara. state. Doesn't matter. Maybe the Chargers will come down and play them then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. So they'll be in Santa Clara, hopefully, not Santa Barbara. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so interesting here uh we haven't seen much from seattle since that first game versus the colts uh can they bounce back here san francisco coming off a tough tough defeat to green bay in those last seconds i, I will say i sort of want to take seattle here but then my gut is telling you trust what you've seen so far trust your eyes take san francisco in this one and i just you know I'd probably end up leaning San Francisco, but I don't like this minus three uh, spread in this one just because I, I don't know what we're getting from Seattle. Maybe we get that Seattle game where they're playing for their lives. Uh, you know, it, it seems a little early to say playing for your lives, but, you know, I don't think Seattle wants to go two, one, and three. Uh, but then again, I don't know if San Francisco wants to go to two and two. So it's just a really hard game to get a read on here. This is a really important game for both teams. As we mentioned, 
you know, in the previous segment, uh, you got the Rams and the Cardinals going up against each other. Both of them sit at three and zero. Both, you know, one of them's going to end up at four and zero. The other one's going to be three and one. And you have the two bottom dwellers, which are pretty talented teams, you know, respectively, both of them. Um, and it's a really important game because, as you said, you don't want to, you know, be in last place in this division, probably the toughest division of football. Um, with all that being said, just looking at this game, looking at the stats, I obviously look at the 49ers and the 49ers seem like the better team, especially right now. But the 49ers have been a tale of two halves this season. You know, they're completely gone one half and then they show up the second half or they show up the first half and then they completely disappear and let the other team in in the second half. So I'm not completely sold on San Francisco yet. I think that they still have some development to do. I know they've had, you know, a little bit of a run with injuries here, but, you know, this is the team that we're constantly talking about next man up. And it seems like they're having a little harder time this season so far. Um, and even another thing is I learned watching him season after season after season, you don't bet against Russell Westbrook. So um staying away from this one. Well, Russell Wilson, I, I bet against Russell Westbrook all the no, time. No, Russell Wilson. I don't bet against Russell Wilson. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Seattle Supersonics here. Both our minds are in Southern California for some reason <laughs> and not Northern California. Yeah, baby. I'm excited to see Russell Westbrook. That we're definitely going to have to get to some NBA action when it comes around. We might have to get into a little bit of NBA action. We might bring you in for a win totals uh, podcast on the NBA action uh, this season to get into it. Uh, we might have a podcast coming of just me talking about the training camps and as they open up into the NBA season. Uh, but we're doing football right now before we move on to the NBA. Uh, yes, but, Russell Wilson. But uh, Russell Wilson will be playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, I hope. Uh, if it's Russell Westbrook, I, I'm thinking we take uh, San Francisco in this way. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a lock. Although, you know, I don't, I, the way Russell Wilson has been playing, uh, I don't know. Now, how does Russell Westbrook play quarterback? Does he just take the snap and carry it listen, every play, or does he many, take the take the snap and refuse to hand it off and pass it every listen, play? Listen, look look at the guy's numbers, okay? The guy, you know, is a triple double machine, okay? And we're talking about assists. He's we're not talking about you know uh, just points and and rebound. This guy gets assists, okay? And uh, what does the what does the quarterback do? He dishes out assists. That's that's what he's gonna do. So uh, I could see him playing quarterback. I would have he does do I, the old school thing where he takes a snap, throws it high in the air, tries to run and catch it himself. Catch it himself. <laughs> that possibly, I mean, it, it does seem like a Russell Westbrook type thing to do. So, and then doesn't he leak in on defense as well and try to play safety or a defensive end? Listen, I, 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 listen, I'm happy he's on my team. Okay, stop trash talking the guy. Uh, oh, I love Russ. Come on, it's just a little fun. All right. Uh, so, you know, the other thing I, I getting back to this game that I thought was weird was, you know, I went to football outsiders. I looked at the total DVOA and actually they have Seattle at 10 and they have San Francisco at 12. And I think that speaks to, you know, San Francisco, you know, they play good for a half, they play good for a quarter, and then they really seem to drop off. You mentioned it in the Green Bay game. They were terrible to start the first half, came back at, Second half in that Detroit game, they were great to start the first half, terrible in that fourth quarter. 
And then even versus that Eagles game, which they controlled and dominated for the most part, they still sort of let the Eagles back in there in that uh, second half. So, you know, I, I think that plays into it a little bit, and that's probably what has me a little bit cautious on this. Uh, so I'm probably a stay away on this. The only thing I wanted to ask you about is that 51 and a half. I, I, I'm curious where you think the, that number is going right there. You think I, under I, on that one. I, I like the under a divisional opponent. You know, both of these teams, even though Seattle hasn't been playing really good defense, as a matter of fact, that they're last in total defense in the league right now, um, which is kind of similar to what they did last season when they started off. That defense was horrendous, and it seems like they're following the same type of blueprint. Um, with that being said, they did win the division. So, you know, it worked out for them in the end. But I think this becomes a defensive matchup. I think that both of these teams know each other very well. They've both seen each other numerous times. They both even competed, you know, for division titles a few years ago. So I think this has the potential to become a low-scoring affair where uh, both offenses struggle just because defenses know what's coming and, uh, you know, who they're going to be looking for. All right. So I really like the under on that one as well. So maybe we highlight that one as uh, our third mutual pick. Uh, we'll go with the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers under the 51 and a half. All right. So we got three in the books. We got four more games to go. Uh, three uh, really good games left and uh, one uh, interesting uh, game left, uh, at least on this number side of thing baltimore ravens go to the denver broncos the denver broncos are one point favorites in this game 44 and a half is the total first half sits at uh, uh pick them here with a minus half point towards the denver broncos 21 and a half is a first half total in this one um I will say I really like this one towards myself. I, I think there's value here in the Baltimore Ravens uh, just because I do not trust this Denver Broncos team. Uh, you know, you, you look at sort of a paper 3-0, and oh, and uh, we have Jets, Giants, Jags as their three wins in that. And, uh, you know, they lost Tim Patrick uh, this week. So now they are down uh, two of their top three receivers. They're down Bradley Chubb. Uh, I think this Ravens team uh, – did not look great versus Detroit, but I think if, you know, Hollywood Brown makes one or two of those catches that would have been touchdowns in that first half, it all of a sudden becomes 17, uh, you know, 20 nothing in that first half. And we don't have that weird second half uh, where Lamar started playing well and Detroit uh, made a little push to come back and they needed that miracle to win. So I, I do think uh, this is really uh, the first step up uh, for Denver uh, to play a real team this season. And I think Baltimore has value here getting plus one uh, versus the Denver Broncos. Uh, the only thing that can be said, they were in Detroit. Now they're in Denver. Uh, that probably plays a little bit of a strategy that's back-to-back -back road games. But I, I really like Baltimore here. What do you think? You know, uh, this particular game, you're looking at the number four overall ranked offense in Baltimore Ravens going up against the number two overall defense in the Denver Broncos. Um, as you mentioned, my biggest uh, pause here, uh, cause for concern, is that Denver offense. Um, you know, they, they look very promising to start off the season, and now you're dealing with injuries, which is obviously going to, you know, take a toll on the rest of your guys. I, I think that, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, I, I, I kind of had a feeling about Denver in this game, but – Again, this was one of those games, as I mentioned at the top of the show, where I was kind of hoping you could sell me either way. Um, and just listen to you talk. 
it makes a lot of sense. The injuries are going to play a big factor in this, even though that Denver Bronco defense has the potential to be really good this season. That Baltimore offense is is playing really good right now, and it's all because of Lamar Jackson. So I, I guess we could put this one down as a maybe for the Ravens. Uh, you definitely you know swayed me to the other side. Um, I was leaning Broncos, but after hearing you talk, uh, I think I'm leaning a little more to the Ravens now. Yeah, uh, it, it's not – I think the Baltimore defense, which has not been great to start the year, uh, is a little bit skewed because they opened with the Las Vegas Raiders. Having seen them play, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL right now. And then you play the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, no duty to explain anything there. Uh, they are going to shred anyone and everyone, uh, no matter what. Uh, so, you know, the only thing that's a little uh, was that Detroit game, but their offense wasn't all that great in that game. You know, it, it was a tight, more 16-16 sort of affair there. So I think the defense will start to come around here, especially with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy missing on the offensive side of things. That sort of starts to cut down weapons for Teddy Bridgewater uh, to throw to. Uh, Teddy's not some guy who's going to make plays uh, for his receivers. He needs his receivers to be open, and he's going to make plays there. I think this Baltimore offense, you know, I don't think they'll, the turnovers will continue. I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, hopefully, Hollywood Brown uh, makes uh, his catches this week because, uh, you know, when they – they really get hurt when they set up those, you know, deep play action type plays and they have the guy wide open down the field and then they make those drops. Baltimore's offense can't afford those things. I think that was a little bit of a fluke uh, thing in that. So I just look for Baltimore to get back on track. They tend to beat up on uh, the lower tier teams. I said that last week, uh, we did win that first half. It was the second half where we got burned. So luckily we made the smart play there. But I think them getting points, even in Denver, I, I think they'll come out okay here. Okay. I mean, if you want to put that down as mutual, then I'm, I'll, I'll roll with you on that one. Like I said, I, I was leaning Broncos, but you've swayed me. All right. Uh, we'll be leaning the Baltimore Ravens this week, and uh, then you can yell at me how good the uh, Denver <laughs> Broncos are when they actually beat a team of substance. All right. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers go to the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. 45 and a half is the uh, point total here. First half minus four for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 23 points first half total in this one. Uh, really hard game to handicap here. I just don't like that six and a half number. Uh, I do think there's a pretty solid chance uh, from what we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, especially if uh, some of the defensive guys don't come back in this game. Uh, Green Bay rolls uh, a little bit here, but I, I just don't like that six and a half number. That just seems a little bit too big a jump for me. Uh, but, you know, if you start to match up numbers wise, uh, Green Bay's offense should be able to extend out. And it doesn't seem like Pittsburgh's offense will be able to hurt Green Bay uh, where they're deficient uh, in, in the run game. Uh, you know, Green Bay's uh, line started to get pressure last week on San Francisco. If they're able to uh, get past San Francisco's line, which is one of the better lines in the league, uh, they probably will carve to shreds uh, this Pittsburgh Steelers line. And uh, I just can't give you a reason to take the Steelers, but I, I don't like Green Bay at six and a half in this one. Yeah, I feel the same way you do. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, to start off the year, if I were to tell you that uh, the better defensive team in this matchup was going to be the Packers, 
and the better offensive team in this matchup is going to be the Steelers. You'd probably think I was crazy, but that's what it is. Now, the numbers are a little diluted, obviously, because of uh, injuries and opponents, you know, strength of schedule, things like that. But as it sits right now, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 26th overall in total offense that were uh, the Green Bay is 27th in total offense. Now, this all has to do with basically balance on offense because they take the uh, the running yards per game and the passing yards per game. They combine them. And they get a total for total offense. Um, defensively, though, surprisingly, the Steelers, I know that they right now are you know suffering a little bit of, with injuries with, you know, Watt, their main guy on defense being out. But Packers are actually ranked eighth in total defense right now. So their defense has been keeping that offense in games. The offense has not been playing up to the standard that we uh, are expected, you know, to see when we watch a, a Green Bay Packer game. So for me, when I look at this line, when I look at the, you know, the over-unders, to me, I just don't know how to handicap any of it. So uh, to me, this is a stay away. Yeah, I, I think this is just a stay away. Uh, you know, it, it might be something worth uh, throwing in a, a teaser if people want teasers. I, I think Green Bay wins this game. I just don't know if they cover this six and a half point uh, number. And, uh, you know, a lot of questions, uh, questionable uh, players right now on this Friday uh, for the Pittsburgh defense, uh, which sort of uh, will tell uh how probably uh, this game will go. If, if those guys play, uh, I think this Pittsburgh Steeler team gets a little bit better defensively. If they don't play, uh, Green Bay probably uh, will clean up with them uh, pretty easy here. But uh, so I, I think that's just a stay away game. I didn't really have a good feel on any of the over-unders. 45 and a half just sits a little bit too much in the middle on the high and low side that I didn't love, especially if we end up getting like no points from the Steelers side of things. So just a probably pass game overall in, in this side of things. But uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, we won't uh, play an Adele montage uh, to bring this game into uh, to talk about, uh, sadly. Uh, but uh, anyway. As nice as it would fit in, right? Yeah, God. Uh, I haven't even been able to watch anything because I haven't <laughs> wanted to hear uh, the non-talk about this for a week. Uh, anyway. Tampa Bay Bucks versus the New England Patriots. Brady's coming back. Uh, I don't really care about that. I just want to watch a football game. Uh, so anyway, uh, this sound will probably be on mute for Sunday night football anyway, because uh, I don't want to hear it. But uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, New England Patriots. Patriots getting seven points here. Uh, total sits at 49. First half is three and a half. Uh, total sits at 24 here. I will say that... Uh, for the first time this year, I am leaning a little bit Patriots here uh, just because, you know, I think this is where it belongs for the Patriots. If the Patriots are favorites, I do not like them because I don't think they can score points. The Patriots as underdogs and certainly touchdown underdogs here at home. I really do like that because I do think this defense will be able to step up, slow down that Tampa Bay offense, much like the Rams offense did now. The question comes, what can the New England offense give us? That I have no clue. I'm curious your feeling on the game. I, you know, I have mixed emotions about this game because when I first looked at it, I, I thought this was a recipe for a, a complete blowout. Uh, just, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the fact, like you said, I've been listening to the storylines over and over again, and I think they've implanted, implanted themselves in my brain and, you know, the seed has started to grow. Um, 
the whole Brady returning to uh, Foxborough, the whole Gronk returning to Foxborough, Belichick versus Brady, you know, who was the actual, uh, uh, you know, the person responsible for all those championships there. Their defense still, was the person <laughs> responsible. You know, I still think it's a combination of everything. It was the coaching staff. It was the players. It was everything. So, you know, yes, Tom Brady is probably the greatest of all time. Whatever, you know, we've heard all the arguments. You know, coming into it, I, I was really leaning towards the Bucks in this one. And the wife probably doesn't want to hear it, you know, because she's a big Patriot fan. And I can't keep it on mute. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was going to be on TV one here. Uh, with the wife really excited about this particular matchup. Did she like the Adele montage last week? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if she's seen it. I haven't I haven't spoken to her yet. I actually had to uh, do an overnight shift, so uh, <laughs> I haven't seen her. But I'm sure if she did, she's probably really pumped up right now. Uh, with the, but you know, besides that, getting back to the game, the the uh, the defense for the New England Patriots has been stout, and even though they haven't really shown it in terms of wins. They, they've been really stingy, both against the run and the pass. Uh, sometimes they're a little bit better against the run. Sometimes it, it depends on the opponent. When you look at Tampa Bay, they're going to come at you and they're going to attack you through the air. Uh, we saw last week against the Rams that on the ground, they, they had a really hard time getting going. And I expect a lot of the same going on. I think Bel Belichick knows exactly how to attack this offense with this defense. Um, the question mark is, as you said, what can we expect from this Patriot offense? And that's the part that scares me which is one of the reasons why I'm leaning more towards the Bucks on this one. Yeah, uh, you're leaning Bucks. I'm leaning Pats, and I'll, I'll say this. I, I think uh, from what I've seen from the Tampa Bay defense, uh, I, I think this New England offense will be able to sort of uh, short pass them to death here and uh, be able to at least sustain enough offense here uh, that they can at least get enough points to cover the seven. I don't think they'll win this game, but I think that seven is a little bit too big a number uh, for this game. I, I just I don't think this Tampa Bay offense right now is going to be able to score enough points to cover a seven-point spread uh, mixed with the Tampa Bay defense, which has been really, really poor uh, so far this year. So, you know, I, I don't love the Patriots, but I like them when they're getting plus at home, this big a number, uh, especially with a defense that I know can control this Tampa Bay offense. I'll tell you what, we're currently at three three uh, mutuals right now, right? We're at four. We're at four? Okay, uh, I'll tell we you got, what. Uh, uh, we took some over-under. Uh, Baltimore, no. We took Baltimore. We took the Arizona, no. San Francisco, we took the under at 51 and a half. Okay. I'll tell you this, all right? Even though I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay, I'm doing this for wifey and I'm doing it for you. Put us down in the baby for the New England Patriots, my, uh, plus seven. I'm sending you the Lawrence Maroney jersey that you can wear. <laughs> I'm sure she's got something I could wear. I, I just don't know if I'd wear it. She probably has a Corey Dillon jersey sitting somewhere. <laughs> she's got a Falk one somewhere around there, too. Uh, which one? Falk. <laughs> Oh, all right. Uh, well, that explains a lot. Uh, her favorite <laughs> player is a slot back who played on third down. No, she's she's got a few. She's got a few of them. I just I I see Page stuff. Does she just go for the little uh, running backs and play on third down? I, I think I think that's what she prefers. But uh, you know, I, I think I even saw a Moss one there. But if I see the Patriots logo, I'm not touching it. That's her stuff. You know, I'm sticking to my Ram stuff. 
All right. Uh, so we'll go to last one. Even though we got five, we might want to flip one of those out. Uh, but uh, this was not one I really wanted to flip out or even touch because I have no clue what I'm getting here uh, other than probably an entertaining football game. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Chargers, the three-point favorites. 51 is the total here. First half at minus three uh, for the Chargers and 25 and a half uh, in this one. Uh, this should be a really, really entertaining game. Really excited to see how these two teams match up. Uh, they played really, really good football to start the seasons. Uh, Las Vegas has won two overtime games. Uh, the Chargers have managed to shoot themselves in the foot and probably should be 3-0, and uh, but they probably also could be 1-2 and uh, from the way they play the season so far. But uh, really, really uh, a whole lot of talent on the offensive side of things. And uh, both teams' defensives has stepped up and played good football here. Uh, so I just wanted no part of this line. Uh, I just think it'll be a really, really entertaining game, how this game plays out. I am curious how you think this game's going to play out. You know, I think this is going to be a close matchup. We're talking about divisional opponents, not just divisional opponents, but divisional rivals. Um, we've talked about it pretty much since the beginning of the season, how the NFC West was the best, you know, division, if not in football, at least in the NFC. And the AFC is turning out to be the best division in the AFC. And some might even argue the best division in football with all the talent they have in that division. The Raiders are ranked number one in offense. Uh, the Chargers aren't far behind. They're top 10. They're sitting at ninth in overall offense. Uh, on defense, they're both around middle of the pack, but still respectable. Um, I, I think this is going to be a good matchup. I, I think that if I had to lean any which way, I would probably lean to, towards the Raiders just because they, they've shown a lot of offense so far this season and they have a slightly better defense. Um, the Chargers have shown uh, a bit of a habit of, you know, committing a, a ton of penalties throughout the game, and it's cost them a couple of games, one in particular that you mentioned earlier. So I think if I had to lean either way, I would probably lean more towards the Raiders, but I think it's going to be a good matchup just to watch. Well, that's interesting because I, I, I sort of had a lean towards the Raiders as well. So I, I think we're both thinking that the Chargers seem to do things that uh, – uh, Cost, cost them games. games and uh at minus three we'd rather have the team that's uh getting points in this one yep. you know I, I just i like this raiders team you know uh speaking of short little running backs i might have my napoleon kaufman jersey on for this one <laughs> wow you went you went there uh so uh you know I didn't really want to overreact to the raiders because they have won two overtime games and you know Theoretically, if they lost both those overtime games, we'd probably be like, oh, same old Raiders. They do a lot on offense, don't do enough on defense, blah, 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 blah. You know, the same things. But since they've won those two, uh, everybody's sort of fascinated with them. You know, uh, you know, that's the thing. If the Raiders are good, people like when the Raiders are good and everybody gets behind them. You know, silver and black, they got the cool pirate logo going. It, it, it's just a team probably the world loves you know the cowboys might be america's team but uh I, I think everybody sort of likes to root for the raiders and the raiders to be good so maybe that comes into play a little bit here uh but i just i like the way they've played this year and i just seen too many times the Chargers sort of shoot themselves in the foot and uh try to cost themselves games uh so i lean a little bit on the plus three I don't know if you want to switch one of those out since we were both on the same wavelength here or just go with the five that we had before that. Uh, I mean, it's up to you. Uh, like I said, I, I had coming into this, one of the games that I kind of had a good feeling about um, just as you mentioned earlier, because 
Uh, the Chargers do so much, cost themselves games, and the Raiders are playing really good offense right now. So, you know, you mix both of those things together and, and you see the potential for a win for the Raiders here. So, and as you mentioned, they're getting three points. So that, that you know, is always helpful. So I'll leave it up to you. You know, you're the, you're the big boss, man. So I'm gonna leave this one up to you. But I, I think that We've got some pretty good picks, and I think that's also a good pick. So, Well, I'll tell you what. You were a little bit leaning towards the Broncos when we did the, the Ravens and Broncos one. We'll slash off that one since we were a little bit on opposite sides of things. And since we were on the same side of things on this Raiders one, we'll flip uh, the Ravens out, put the Raiders in. Well, that's fun to say. Ravens out, Raiders in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Ravens you're doing out, this. Raiders in uh, on this one. So our five will be the Detroit Lions getting three versus the Chicago Bears. The Carolina Panthers getting plus four and a half versus the Dallas Cowboys. We have the uh, what? We have the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, 51 and a half under. Uh, we had the New England Patriots plus seven, and we had the Las Vegas Raiders plus the three. So uh, those are our five mutuals we got going on. And now we'll get into our five best picks of the week. What are your best? What are your? I can't speak today. What are your <laughs> picks for this week? How many do you got for us? Hey, listen, that still sounds a lot better than Russell Westbrook. So uh, I'm not going to hold it against you. And I know why you took the Ravens game off. You just don't want to get screamed at if uh, if it goes the other way. Um, but let's see. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got 10, 10 picks. Oh, yeah. He's throwing out the big money this week. I got uh, six <laughs> picks this week. So I'm on the lower end. You're on the bigger end. Uh, since you got 10 and I got six, why don't you lead us off? What's your first pick for the week? Okay. For my first pick of the week, I'm actually going to go with the Browns at minus one and a half. All right. Browns minus one and a half. For my first pick of the week, I'm going Detroit Lions plus the three versus the Chicago Bears. Also with that, I'm going uh 42 points. I'm going under on that for the game. So I have Detroit Lions plus three, uh, Lions Bears, 42 under on that uh, for that game. So uh, nothing like having a Lions Bears game with a lot of money riding on it. <laughs> now, since you mentioned it, uh, that's all actually one of my picks also. I'm taking Detroit at plus three, uh, but I'm also going to roll with the Colts here at plus two. All right, Indianapolis Colts plus two. Uh, this one also was one of our mutuals. I'm going Carolina Panthers plus four and a half for me. Okay, and since you mentioned that one, I also have Carolina Panthers at plus four and a half, and I'm also going to take Atlanta plus one and a half. Oh, he's riding the Falcons. He's off the Giants bandwagon onto <laughs> the Dirty Birds. Can't get any worse. Yeah, you put that game on your TV one. I'll have Bears-Lions on mine. <laughs> All right, uh, next up for me, I'm going San Francisco first half minus one and a half. Uh, they've played pretty good first halves, have not played second halves. So I'm going to continue to ride that wave, and maybe I get in a little in-game action if they can cover that and uh, hit up the Seahawks in the second half of that game. So uh, I'm going San Francisco 49ers first half minus one and a half for me. What do you got up next? For my next one, I am taking the under at 47 and a half in the Atlanta and Washington game. Oh my goodness. Who puts that much money on that type of football game? Oh man, it's going to be exciting. 
<laughs> All right, next up from me, also one of our mutuals, I have the New England Patriots plus the seven points uh, in the big matchup versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If I win that one, I will be playing Adele on our next show. <laughs> Just make sure you keep it to a limited uh, window here because uh, we don't want any copyright infringements. <laughs> Um, for my next game, I am taking the under in the Carolina-Dallas matchup at 51 and a half. All right. Uh, I'm out of all my picks. So what do you got left? Let's see. Uh, I've got the under in the Seattle-San Francisco game at 51 and a half. I've got the Raiders plus three and the Bucks minus seven. All right. Those are our picks for the week. Be sure to like and subscribe and don't miss any of our shows. We just dropped our college football show uh, preview of the weekend with our best games of the week and our best bets. You can follow us on greenlightnetwork.org. Like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our content. Winning Daily will be back this weekend so you can get all our live picks up to date and on time. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right. That's our show, and we're out.